Welcome back to The Hive. I'm Cammie. And I'm Caleb. And we're the, the Beasons. Beasons. All right. So for this episode, we are going to be talking about finances and living debt-free. And I know a lot of people, when you hear that topic or subject, are like, ugh, like that sounds so boring. But I promise you, it is not. We make it fun and we actually which we'll get into here in a second, but we teach Dave Ramsey the course, the Financial Peace University course at our church. We have taught several of those classes before um, and helped numerous people get through their debt journey. And so we we love helping others. We have lived debt-free for most of our marriage, um, and it's just something we're very passionate about. So we will uh, chat about that here in a second, but first we're going to just kind of catch up on what we did over the weekend. Well, it's football season, baby. <laughs> That's is. what my weekend consisted of. Some K-State football on Saturday. Some Watching this time. You watching. Didn't. I didn't go this week, yeah. um, but watched on TV this week, and I didn't want to sit in 93-degree heat yeah. again after I just did that the previous week. And so didn't make the trip to Manhattan this week, but uh, then watched some NFL football on Sunday for a large mm. chunk of the day. It's This is Cammie's favorite time of year. She oh, loves love it so She much. loves when my weekends are filled with football. Yeah. But fantasy football, college football, NFL, it's it's the best time of year. Mm-hmm. Well, you forgot Friday night. We did go over to some friends' house on Friday we night did. and hang out and had a good time. And we're there late, later than the kids' bedtime, <laughs> which usually happens. But they're having so much – well, at least Ren, at least. Bridger's not really playing yet with other kids, but – Ren is having so much fun with all of the other kiddos, and so she's not a problem to keep up past her bedtime, and we are always chatting with friends, and so we love going over and just we hang out and have supper and just have a good time. Yeah, overall, the kids did well, even though yeah, they were they past did. their bedtime, so it wasn't too bad. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. but yep, and then just kind of, uh, well, we did go to a birthday party on Saturday mm-hmm. then amongst the the football games and then Sunday, yeah, pretty much just had church, came home and just watched football and we did go for a walk. It was nice out, so we did a little walk, but and then today is the opposite weather. It yeah. was nice all weekend long and then today's just been torrential downpours literally yes. from like seven this morning till this current time when we're recording. It's just been raining Pouring. cats and dogs and so which we needed it. We didn't get like any yeah. rain in August and so it's nice to get a little bit of moisture finally and it's fall temperatures we opened the yes. windows up today it's like the high was like 67 today i think and so get to open the windows up get the house to breathe a little bit yeah so it's been it chilly nice. in the house honestly i had like shut some windows because it was getting a little cool for me personally got down to like 70 71 in the house and that is just that's too cold for me keyword for cammy for me <laughs> because she is always freezing cold it can be middle of summer and she's cold for me, I'm always hot. I, it'll be the middle of winter and I'm still burning up. And so she is very cold bodied and I'm yes. very warm bodied. And so we finally got a car with uh, dual heating and air. And so we don't have to fight <laughs> over that anymore. Hallelujah. So, hallelujah. But Cammy was a little bit cold today since it was in the 60s. It, is. it was majestic weather today. It so. was nice. But yeah, and coming so, from 100 degrees, it gets just, it drops when it drops about 35 degrees. It's a little, yeah. little cool. Yeah, we almost had like a 30, 35 degree drop in a week because we mm-hmm. almost touched 100 this week in Wichita. And today it's down to 67. So quite the dramatic drop. Yeah. And so we'll see how that plays on people's allergies and yeah, all that stuff. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, that was kind of our weekend in a nutshell. Nothing too crazy. Kind of laid back. And so it was nice. Yeah. And so we'll get into this episode. Um, excited. Like Cammie mentioned, we're going to be talking about finances. And I think the thing when you talk about finances is you have to make it lighthearted. Um, yes. You have to make it um, enjoyable. You have to make it relatable. Um, and so we're going to kind of do our best to relay kind of how we do things and 
Um, what works for us might not work for other people, but we hope you can take something away from our journey. Um, this is probably our, one of my most requested episodes when I put stuff on Instagram mm -hmm. and uh, messages that I've gotten as people really want us to talk about how do you live debt free? Because um, as we've mentioned before, we don't really live by societal norms, if you no. will. And so living debt free is something that's not common in this day and age. Yeah. And so we're kind of going to dive into that journey. Um, and I don't think you can get into that journey without at least talking about how you grew up with money. Cause I think the way you do things now usually is rooted from something either in your childhood or how you grew up. And so I think it's important to address why you have your relationship with money a certain way. And so I'm gonna let Cammie go first on this one and uh, kind of talk about how you grew up with money. How'd your family handle money? Was it a topic you guys talked about? Um, and then kind of how did you, how'd you handle money growing up? Yeah, so basically with um, my family is, uh, we grew up very, I would say pretty much middle class. I mean, we never had a ton of money. Um, we always, we, my parents always made ends meet, but there was usually never any extra, at least when we were little, I would say until we got to about middle schoolish, um, we always were kind of in the struggling area. Um, and my parents were the type that they, they were such hard workers, both of my mom and my dad. They always, my mom was a hairdresser. She, uh, by the time she passed, she was a hairdresser for 43 years, I think. And my dad always had a, had a good job and always worked very, very hard. But when we were growing up, when we were really little, uh, my mom, I can remember her telling me there was numerous times where she would go to the grocery store and she only had like $15 to spend for, for several days worth of food that she needed to get. And, um, numerous times too, where she would say that, you know, there wasn't enough money to, to, to have food and stuff. And so there were times where she would make my brothers and I a lunch and then she would just wait and eat whatever we had left on our plates. And that's, that was her lunch. Like, so things like that. Um, so we were never, like I said, we were definitely never, uh, rich and did not have an exuberant amount of money. Um, but we, we always had, we always made, they always made ends meet. We always ate and my, my parents made sure of that. We always had food on our table. Um, it wasn't much, but we, we still had something and we were taken care of. So I'm very, very thankful for that. Um, but growing up, I was the type that, so I, I started working. That is one thing my parents instilled is a very good work ethic in, um, my brothers and I, and just made sure that we knew, the value of a dollar and knew that money doesn't grow on trees. As they say, it doesn't come easy. You have to work for it and you put your head down and you grind and you work for it and you will get paid for it. And so, uh, growing up, I started babysitting when I was about 11. I think I was, I think I started around 10 with my mom and then on my own when I was about 11 or 12 for a neighborhood family, just right across from the street from us and babysat them for gosh, probably I think five or six years. And so I started making money that way. And then when I was old enough, I got a job at the baseball stadium, which where Caleb also worked. He'll probably talk about that, but, um, he worked there as well. My brothers also worked there. <laughs> a lot of kids in our church youth group worked there also at the time. It was just kind of like the teenage area to, the, uh, to work. So I, I worked there. Um, I got the job when I was 13. And so I worked there for three summers um, and then from there, yeah, I just, I went on to my next job and I've had a job ever since. And so, um, but every time I would, I'm the type, like we kind of briefly mentioned in our relationship one, but I am the type where 
I'm always the spender. As soon as I got money growing up, it was going directly into my savings. I did not touch it. I didn't want to spend it. I wanted to save it. And so my brothers were the complete opposite growing up. As soon as they got money, it was gone. It was just, they would always find something to spend it on. And um, I was just like, that guys, you should probably save some. Like just being that, and I wasn't even the oldest kid. I was the middle child. But I was just, I knew I, if I, I was always had the mindset, if I really, really wanted something, I would think about it for a good, you know, several days, weeks, months, whatever. And if I really wanted it and it was still there when I went back, then I would get it. Um, but that didn't happen very often because I just realized that it was worth saving more than it was actually worth to spend and to spend my money. So I saved it. Um, but yeah, that was kind of how we grew up. And um, yeah, so when Caleb and I got married, I I had the savings, um, a whole, a whole $2,000 to our name, um, when we got married from my savings. And that was after, you know, and growing up too, when I was a teenager, if we wanted something, we had to buy it. So like if I wanted makeup, if I wanted certain clothes, if I wanted anything extra other than what was necessary, you know, food and certain clothing, um, I had to, I had to buy that out of my own pocket. And also we did not, I did not have a cell phone growing up. Uh, my brother and older brother, John and I got a phone to share when I was 16. So that is how Caleb and I started first texting when we were, uh, when we had first started dating. When her brother didn't hog the phone. Yeah. When my brother wasn't hogging it, talking to his girlfriend, <laughs> um, I could have the phone to text. And I could still remember that. So we did not get a phone until I was 16 because my parents obviously were like, you don't need one. I was homeschooled, so it's not like I was going to school or anything like that. Um, and yeah, but anyway, that's kind of kind of how I grew up. Yeah, for me, um, kind of similar um, a lot, in a lot of ways to Cammie's story. Um, my family grew up, um, you would say, middle class, the lower end of the middle class, mm -hmm. if you will. Um, I mean, my parents always... Uh, made sure to keep us in a nice neighborhood, keep us in a good school district. Um, and so a lot of their money just went to keeping, honestly, keeping us in that area and keeping us in a nice neighborhood. And so uh, my parents were, uh, have been pastors my whole life. And so we never grew up with money. That's a common misconception that pastors take a lot mm -hmm. of money from their congregations. Maybe that's the case in some churches, but I can tell you that's not the case in ours. And uh, so we, we grew up just, uh, it's always been a smaller church. And so um, just not living on a big budget, my dad also worked at a retail job full-time growing up because keep in mind, I'm the youngest out of technically five siblings. I have four older sisters. And so raising uh, that many kids and trying to feed that many kids and trying to take care of a church, um, we just didn't grow up with a lot of money. Um, there was a lot of uh, times, my parents were very honest with money. Um, they would sit us down like sometimes before Christmas and say, hey guys, like this isn't going to be a, a massive Christmas with like presents this year. Um, and I grew up on Goodwill clothes and hand-me-downs from people in the church and uh, my sisters did as well. And, um, like when I was playing baseball, all that I could afford to play was like YMCA baseball. I could never afford to be like in the, in the good leagues. Um, and, and that's okay. My parents did, uh, as good as they could with what they had. Um, and so my kind of like Cammie's, uh, parents, my, my, my parents have always been really hard workers. Like I said, my dad was a pastor and worked retail. Uh, my mom was a stay-at-home mom trying to raise uh, a bunch of kids. And eventually, once I got into middle school slash high school, um, she eventually get, started getting a job herself. And that's kind of where my family's financial journey kind of started to improve was my mom was finally able to generate some income. But I just grew up um, with not a lot of extra money, a lot of the same things as Cammie. I had to 
buy my own first car. I had to buy my own first cell phone. Um, and my parents did install and still not install a, a workaholic uh, mindset um, in us. Like I started working at McDonald's when I was uh, 13 years old. I think I was. Um, it's a long story. Uh, but I started working when I was 13 just so I could get a cell phone because I wanted a cell phone so bad because all my friends in high school had one. And so started working for that. Uh, I had to buy my first car. That was like a $500 car. And it sat in the parking lot of my parents' house uh, or the driveway because I couldn't afford the insurance on it. My parents couldn't afford um, to really help contribute to that. So everything I wanted, I had to pay for. And so that led to, Kim and I kind of took opposite journeys from there. Um, Kimmy yeah. kind of learned to save from her upbringing. And I learned, honestly, I kind of went the opposite way where due to the fact that I didn't get to grow up with money and due to the fact that we didn't have a lot to do extras, as soon as I got money of my own, it went everything. I could, it went to all the extras. I went to concerts. I went to uh, anything I wanted to buy, I bought. Like, I had I have a, had a massive music collection, a massive like movie collection. I went to the movie theaters all the time and I just I blew money as soon as I got it. And honestly, every single week I would get my paycheck down to like, 14 cents left in it. Like I knew how to just make it survive to the next week. And so it's kind of funny how you can see different ways people handle the way they grew up. Cami took a way better path to savings. Um, I, I didn't do that at all. And so, um, but I appreciate what my parents taught us. They taught us um, to, to work hard for what you want. Like I said, we didn't get anything handed to us. Um, we didn't grow up with a silver spoon in our mouth mm, by any means. No. Like we, we had to work for what we wanted and our parents had to work hard for what, what they provided us. And so, I'm very thankful for the upbringings um, that we had. Uh, both of our, like I said, our families grew up together. So mm -hmm. we kind of yes. went through the struggle together. And so um, that's kind of how um, I grew up with a relationship with money. Like I said, up until the time Cam and I got married, I really didn't carry much in my bank account. I literally lived paycheck to paycheck. He literally um, had nothing in his bank yeah. account when we got married. I had $2,000 to my name and that was all we yeah. had when we got married. That was. And Cammie, even even before we got married, uh, when I first got the apartment, she had to help with some of my bills and I stuff did. because um, there was no way I could have afforded to live. And so um, we were on the struggle bus, like yeah. for real. Like, and so uh, we, we didn't have much. And so that's kind of how we um, started our marriage. And so Cammy, uh, we'll get into Dave Ramsey a little bit. So Cammy grew up in Dave Ramsey. I think she talked about it in mm -hmm. one of the other episodes. Yeah. Um, but talk about what you had to do uh, for school. Yeah, I think I briefly mentioned it uh, in the previous one. But yeah, it was a requirement for my brothers and I in order to graduate high school that we had to go through the Dave Ramsey course. And at the time, he had one for, actually, he still does, I know. But he had one for teens. And so my dad got the video set. And so we had to sit down and we had to literally watch it. And my brothers thought it was the worst thing they could possibly do. And so, of course, they did not take it seriously at all. And me, I'm the one over here, like, had my workbook, had my pencil in hand, like, going through, checking off, like, making sure I had all everything filled in. And there was numerous times Caleb was over because uh, we were dating at the time. He was over at our house when, when my dad was like, all right, well, we got to go down and have a class. And so I was like, all right, Caleb, well, you got to come too. And he was not thrilled about that. I, at didn't, all. Give, I didn't give a crap at all about these. <laughs> so lessons. he was not paying attention. He was on his phone or whatever, uh, texting people. But um, I was I was paying attention. I was like listening, writing stuff down, all of that. I think I even still have the papers from when we went through it, I think. Um, and yeah, so that was a requirement. And so we did that. And from there is when I um, learned even more. I knew growing up, like growing up, um, my parents would always talk like about money, like how it was, you know, a kind of a struggle or what things cost or, Ooh, we gotta, we gotta kind of watch this because this bill's coming up or like, so I knew, 
I, I was not blind to the fact that things cost money and like to live in a house costs money and bills cost money. Like you have more than just your mortgage payment, like, you know, s- stuff like that. I wasn't uh, ignorant to that fact, I guess you could say. Um, and so growing up as we were, yeah, as Caleb and I were, were dating and then getting ready to get engaged, that's when we had that sit down talk. And that's where I, I needed to make sure he understood that because when we were dating, he did not understand that. And he was, like you said, living paycheck to paycheck. And that's when I was just like, after we'd gone through that, I had graduated high school, I was working and then it came time and I was like, okay, like I'm, I'm ready to, I'm a good financial spot. I'm ready to, to settle down, to get married. And Caleb was not at the time. And so that's when we had to have that little heart to heart talk, um, to try to get us both on, on the same page. Yeah. And so, um, I started to, started to get my financial act in order, um, after that talk, but I really didn't get into Dave Ramsey until about two to three years into our marriage. I don't even remember what started. Yeah. I don't know if I just randomly picked up one of his books or if I just started engaging with his podcast or, or listening to his radio show. I don't remember exactly what it was, but I'm the one who really started honestly mm-hmm. kind of kicked Dave Ramsey off, um, mm-hmm. in our marriage. Cause the thing with the Dave Ramsey course is, is Cammy knew it, but I wasn't actively living it. And the thing is, is if you and your spouse aren't on the same page with it, it's not going to be successful. Yeah. And so, um, we really didn't save a whole lot our first couple of years of marriage. Like, and so, um, but it was like two years. Did. In. I, mean, Cause I remember at the apartment, cause we, we had this super crappy rundown apartment that we lived in for the first two, almost two years of our marriage. And we did, we saved, um, you weren't like super, you weren't Super headstrong into, yeah. into like Dave or like saving, but I knew the importance of saving. Yeah. So I was the one that was pushing like, no, we're going to put back this much each mm-hmm. month. And like, it was something so small. I don't well, remember the amount. Rent, we, it was such oh, a cheap yeah. rent. And so we were able to put a little bit back. In yeah. That place. It was a rundown. Well, because we wanted to get out of there yeah. as fast as we could to buy our first house. But we knew we needed to have a good chunk of, yeah. of money to put down on a house. Yeah. So we but did. I, but I wasn't intense um, until no. two or three years later. And so, like I said, I found his radio show and, that's when, honestly, like, almost not, not that the tides turned, but I, I started to almost pass Cammy in the kind of, yeah. you could say, financial knowledge um, kind of situation. And so uh, the Dave Ramsey, I'll, I'll kind of give you a quick rundown of what it is. He teaches seven baby steps. Some people say Dave Ramsey's out of date. Some people say his his advice isn't um, realistic realistic or, or ethical, yeah. but it's not meant to, well, not, it is ethical, ethical but, um, but it's, people say it's just not realistic. Yeah. And and so, but honestly, a lot of times it's just people not wanting to make the sacrifices yep. it takes in order to do it. Because um, anytime you're dealing with money, it does require sacrifice mm-hmm. a lot of time. You have to put your pride aside. You have to put the things you want aside for a limited time. And so um, Dave Ramsey basically has seven baby steps. And um, if you want to know more about it, you can go listen to his podcast. But I'll give you the quick rundown uh, of what it is. So the first step is to put $1,000 in your emergency fund. Um, emergency funds are, or emergencies are going to happen yep. no matter what. You're going to have tires go flat in your car. You're going to have doctor's visits that are unexpected. You're going to have things like that. So in order to not knock you off the path of financial uh, success, you always want to have a thousand dollars in your emergency fund to start. And so after you get that thousand dollars in your emergency fund, he does what's called the debt snowball, which basically is paying off all your debt. Um, you go from your, uh, your smallest debt all the way up to your biggest debt. It doesn't matter the interest rates and you pay them off little by little. And then as soon as you pay off one, you put the next debt that you, or the money you're paying on that first debt onto the second debt. And then once you pay that one down, you take the money from those debts and you keep rolling it. And that's why it's called the debt snowball. And so um, that's baby step number two. Um, baby step number three is to finish your emergency fund, which basically means take it from $1,000 and take it to about six months um, of living expenses. So 
three you to cover six your, months. Yeah, three to six months. And so can you cover your mortgage for three to six months? Can you cover um, bills if you were to get laid off for three to six months? And so that's step three. Um, number four is to get to investing, which is investing 15% of your income um, into retirement. So that's your 401ks, your Roth IRAs, um, and things like that, and making sure you're investing for the future. Um, and then step five is to pay off your house. Um, number Step six is to save uh, for your kids' college funds. And step seven is to live and give as generously as you want. And so um, we really got into those principles. Um, mm -hmm. Like I said, Cami started our marriage with 2000 in the bank. So luckily we had that one. <laughs> we had baby step one knocked out already. Mm -hmm. um, however, we weren't clear from debt. Um, mm -hmm. And so uh, we never had a necessarily crippling amount of debt in yeah. our life, um, but we did uh, have car payments. Um, mm -hmm. We did have uh, stuff that we owed money to um, that we had to pay off. And even, like I said, me and Cammie weren't fully on the Dave Ramsey plan because even once we got married, we financed a car together yeah. um, and things like that. And so we weren't perfect. We didn't have all this stuff uh, spoon fed yeah. to us. Um, and uh, we had we had things we had to learn. And uh, so like I said, we got two or three years into it. That's when we decided to start paying off our cars and mm -hmm. deciding no longer to do car payments anymore. Um, and like I said, uh, we just started to live debt free. And that's probably where most people get confused, I guess, for you, talk about our debt-free journey a little bit and uh, yeah. kind of what that looks like. Yeah, well, I think also when when we kind of started on that path after a couple of years, one thing when we were still at the apartment um, early on in our marriage is we, we always, we knew it would be a short time at the apartment and that was our time to save, 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 save because we wanted to buy a house. And we obviously, I mean, we're in Kansas, we didn't want anything like crazy expensive or crazy huge or not, you know, just a good starter home. We knew we didn't want to be in it for very long, just a couple of years until we started a family or even when we had a kid there or whatever it may be. Um, and so we just wanted something that would just work for us, a good starter home that was going to be decent price, you know, that type of thing. And so we started saving. And one thing about us is we never we never have gotten a credit card in our entire marriage. We have never either one of us opened one or gotten one or even applied for one um, in our whole marriage. And that that goes for not just credit cards, but like store credit cards also. We have never done that. Um, and so a lot of people are like, well, how did you buy a house then? And we've, we've since then <laughs> in our nine years of marriage, we've bought two houses since, mm -hmm. um, since that without having any credit basically to our name. Um, and so basically our philosophy is if we don't have the money for something, we don't buy it. Mm -hmm. And that's how we've lived since we first got married. Um, and that, that honestly, like that, if I could give a big tip, like that would be like the best <laughs> advice I could ever give is honestly, if you don't have the money for something, you don't buy it. Um, and that's not to say if you have the money, go, you know, blow it on that. But then you're worried about a bill you have to like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, obviously you have to be smart about it. Um, but also for Kale and I, what we've done is we've set a limit and anything over a certain amount, we communicate with each other and it's not asking permission to buy it. Yeah. It's more the fact of just being open and honest and having that communication. And that I cannot tell you enough how helpful that is in a marriage because finances are one of the biggest, uh, what I want to say, causes of yeah. divorce is your finances because couples can't agree or they're not on the same page or they just don't communicate about it. And that is, is such a simple thing to communicate about that people just don't because 
people don't want to talk about finances. People mm -hmm. don't like to talk about money. It's uncomfortable. It's, you know, a lot of times it's the situation of that's not where their financial situation isn't where they want to be. So they just don't want to even bring it up. Well, that's not, that's not good, especially in a marriage. And so for us, we've always been super, super open and honest about it and talked about it. And, you know, even if it's just something simple as 15, 20 bucks, we still will message, text each other if we're not with each other or call and say, Hey, I'm, I'm thinking about getting this. Is that okay? And like, of course it's always been okay. I don't think we've I don't ever, think we've ever said no, no, but it's just to have that open communication. Yeah. That way we're not looking on our, on our bank app and being like, why is this $50 charge coming out of our account that I have no clue what it's about? Like, you know, it's just, it eliminates any kind of fight, any kind of disagreement that may come up because we didn't talk about it or we didn't go over it with each other. And so that's basically why we do that. Um, and it has helped so much. That's a piece of advice that um, for those listening, if you are married, combine your bank yes. accounts. Um, yes, you won't yes, believe yes. how many people I've coached. Like I said, and Eric Cammy said earlier, we, we coach Dave Ramsey classes and people reach out to us um, about that all the time. And that's one of the first things I ask is like, do you and your spouse share bank accounts? They're like, no, I, we keep them separate where we, we don't, we just do all of our stuff separate. I pay these, she pay, like, trust me, you will be on a so much better page if you can communicate yes. and have the same joint accounts. I mean, when you, when you get married, what's, what's yours is hers and what's, what's his is hers, yeah. whatever you want to say. And so, um, and so to combine your bank accounts, like it's just so much better for accountability it's better for um, communication, mm -hmm. and uh, it just puts you on the same page. You know what's in your bank accounts. You know what you need to accomplish. You know what bills have been paid, what bills haven't been paid. And so that's one of my biggest pieces of advice is to combine your bank accounts if you are married. Yeah, and also I will add to that is not just have the same bank account, but don't have one bank account where both of you are on it and then a his bank account and a her bank checking account. I know so many people, couples also that do that, that'll have their own separate accounts, but then they have a joint one and they're like, well, we do share a bank account. No, 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 no. <laughs> That's not the same because you're still, you can still do a whole bunch of stuff on your end and him on his end and you both will have no clue about it. And that's going to lead to a financial disaster. I can guarantee it. And not only that, but also that's going to lead to a lot of problems in your own marriage, not even talking finances mm -hmm. because you don't know what the other is doing. Um, and so, yeah, that is just, that's a no, no. That is the biggest tip. One of them that we can give to is well, and what's funny is when people talk about that, they're like, well, what about Christmas gifts? And you don't <laughs> believe how many times Kim and I bought Christmas gifts and nope. never knew what was coming. Like, nope. There's these things called ATMs where if you don't yeah. want people to know where you get stuff from, you can go to the ATM, get cash out. And so, um, or if you need to get a gift, you won't believe how many times I've Venmoed my sisters to yep. buy something for yep. Cammy or Venmoed my mom. Done and, for my family too, to yep. get Caleb a gift. Or also when you're at the, when you're at the grocery store and ask if you want cash back, sometimes, yeah, you can push if you want, if you're needing to get a gift. But yes, cash, you need some cash back. And it doesn't have to be a huge amount. If you need like now, don't oh, hit cash back every time you go to the store now. <laughs> right, right. But I'm just saying if you're trying to buy a gift for your spouse and you don't want them to know, you can do that. And, you know, it's just simple little things like that. Mm -hmm. Just you have to think about things a little bit more. Sure. But it is possible. It is. And so um, we basically, like I said, we, we had our $1,000 in our emergency fund. We, we paid off all of our debt. We finished our emergency fund. Um, and that's when at, once you get past the debt phase, um, and once you get past your, your second emergency fund phase, that's when you can get into the house buying phase. Yes. So we, we bought our first house, um, and, uh, we started to pay that off. We should probably talk about how we did that without so, having any credit. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's probably a question we get probably the most is when, when Cam and I tell people we live debt free, 
um, they're always like, how did you buy a house without credit? Because we've had so many people trying to tell us, oh, you have to have so many credit cards yeah. in order to buy a house. You have to have a certain credit score to buy a house. You have to have X, Y, Z to buy a house. And I can tell you that that's not true. Yeah. Like just based off Canada's experience. So um, what you have to do is if you want to buy a house and you have um, little to no credit, um, is you have to do what's called manual underwriting. And basically you have to find someone want to do it. Um, Dave Ramsey has uh, people um, who he recommends. Um, I actually just found, a, actually it was our realtor um, yes. at the time when we were buying, when we were looking to buy, we asked our realtor, we were like, look, we really don't have any credit. Like literally, I think we had like one car payment that was like towards yeah. our credit. And so it was very minimal. Cammy had none. The mm -hmm. car wasn't her my name. Yeah. So Cammy had zero credit to her name. And so um, we asked our realtor, we're like, hey, well, how do you recommend us getting this house? And she recommended um, a guy here in town uh, where we live. And basically what he does is instead of looking at your credit score, he looks at your situation. So he looks at your uh, debt to income ratio. He had me send him a bunch of pay stubs so he could see mm -hmm. like how much money we had. We had, he had to sit, give him access to our, our bank account so we could see how much like liquid cash we had. And instead of just looking at my credit score and saying, yeah, you're good, he looks at my income and cam and cammy's income that she was providing and basically figures out what he can afford to give us and honestly like both times we bought a house we've gone through him and he's basically given us whatever limit we wanted like yeah. his um generally our, our debt to income ratio is better and so you want to get money into savings that's a that's a big key um and then um you want to make sure you don't have a massive debt to income ratio otherwise it's going to make it a struggle yeah. but you shouldn't be buying a house if you have a massive right. uh, debt to income ratio because emergencies happen even more once you buy a house. Yeah. And so um, that's kind of how we, we bought a house. It's called manual underwriting. Um, it's not a common practice. Um, most banks are going to tell you they won't do it, but you can find people to do it. Um, well, he's, well, is his title like personal lender? Yeah, he's like a personal lender. Yeah. yeah. And so he, he works for a bank, but it's not like one of the, it's not one of the big banks like Bank of America or one of right. those big ones. Um, and so like I said, he looks more at specific finances and uh, he helped us get it. And he's awesome to work with. And he's helped us get both of um, the houses that we've bought and made it really easy, made it really seamless. And like I said, um, the only thing on our credit to this day now is our house. That's it. And so yep. some people say, well, you live debt free, but you have a house. So you have a mortgage, right? And yes, we do have a mortgage. Like, And so the way Dave Ramsey categorizes a house is yes, it's technically debt, but 95% of the time, especially in the last couple of years, yeah. the house is an investment because it gains value. And when you pay your mortgage, a large chunk of it's going back to paying yourself. And so, um, yes, you could say we have a debt tied to our name, but the only debt we have tied to our name is our house. Yeah. Um, so that's why we claim we live debt free because we don't see our house as debt. Dave Ramsey doesn't see houses as debt. As long as they're done right, they're considered an investment um, because you're generally going to profit more on your house over that time. Yeah. Um, then uh, you're not just going to lose it like you would if you're paying rent. And so um, that's a little bit about our housing journey. Now, Cammy's always been really big on this, and I am too. Um, one thing I love about Dave is the very top of his budget sheet when he teaches you how to budget is giving. Um, and I think we probably should have started with this. Yeah. I think giving has to be the the root or the heart between getting your finances in order. So. Kind of talk uh, them through how, how we do our giving, like where we prioritize it, how we do it, and so on and so forth. So giving for us, giving can look different for 
a lot of people. Um, for us, we are Christian. And so for us, giving, is, we consider is tithing. Um, and that's tithing to our church. And so that's 10%. And that is 10% of what we make as a whole, not just what Caleb makes or not just what I make. It's 10% of whatever we both are bringing to the table for that month or biweekly, however we get paid. Um, and so literally even down to, you know, if we get $10 for, a, uh, from, you know, Caleb's grandma for Christmas or, <laughs> or a birthday or, you know, some, some, something like that, um, small, that is considered a gift and that is considered income. And so we consider that into the whole as well. We don't just pick and choose here, what we're going to give off of or whatnot. And so that is something that my parents really drilled into me growing up is you give your, you tithe, like you tithe, you give it to God because that is not your money. It's God's money. And God's the one that blessed you with it. And so you give back to him what's his. Um, and so, yeah, that's something that I just grew up like knowing was super, super important. And that's something that I wanted to make sure was very important in our marriage as well. Um, and, and another thing that Caleb and I talked about, and I, <laughs> I definitely told him, I was like, this is something I won't budge on is we, we are going to tithe from every single paycheck we get, everything that comes into our house, we're going to tithe off of it. And we did. And to this day, we have never not tithed. Mm -hmm. We've never missed a, a paycheck. We've never not tithed on, you know, anything that we've always, as soon as we get, it's just like, I hate to phrase it this way because it's not, but it's like another bill, if you will. As mm. soon as we get paid, I look and see, okay, like this is how much we made from, from the last two weeks. Okay. What, what's our tithe going to be? And I figure that up and I, I pay that tithe as soon as, as soon as we get paid mm. every single, every single paycheck, because then you don't even know it, that you had it basically. Mm. I mean, you don't even miss it because it's, it's 10% and 10% sounds like such a small amount, but then you get a paycheck and you look and you're like, oh my gosh, 10% of like, you know, $2,000 is like, that's kind of a lot, but it's, it's not, it's really, it's just, you don't even miss it. You send it first thing. Like for us, we have an app um, with our church now that we can give on. So I just put it in the app, send it off and that's, that's it. It's done. Well, and the reason we do it right when we get our paycheck, so you're not tempted to yeah. spend it because a lot of times a lot of people are hesitant to give. Um, and so they'll kind of wait, well, let me pay all this other stuff off first. Let me do all this stuff. But it needs to be your first fruits. Mm -hmm. um, if you're, especially if you're living, um, as the Bible calls it to, if you're a believer, is to give your first fruits, and that means you're given the the first. You're given the best of the best. Yep. And so, um, and like I said, if you get to the point where you get to the second Friday from your paycheck and you're getting like you're get you're not going to tithe. You're going to spend yep. it on something yep. else. And so, um, I just think it's important to start with a uh, whether you're not a Christian, a charitable mindset. If you're a Christian, just a tithing mindset. Mm -hmm. And and Getting in the routine of that, I think as couples need to really get on that same page too. Yes. Um, so many times couples were one, like Cam is talking, some, one person will tie, the other one's hesitant or not on the train yet, but you both have to have a, a cheerful giving heart mm -hmm. um, and not doing it with hesitancy. The Bible says to be a cheerful giver. And so um, I just challenge you to, to sit down and talk with your spouse about that. Like if you are on the same page with giving, um, if you're not giving at all, like find yeah. ways you can be charitable, find ways that you can give, whether that's to your church whether that's to the home, a homeless ministry, whether that's to whatever your heart is called to give to, um, just find a way to give. I think that's super important. Yeah, for sure. And I, I truly believe, I know for a fact that is one of the big reasons why my parents growing up, especially when we were real little and it was very tough uh, finance wise, 
for my parents, that is that is one thing they said that they never stopped doing was tithing. And my mom, I can still remember this day, she goes, I know for a fact that is the biggest reason why we had random, just like the most random blessings is what is what she would call it. Because like one time they uh, they were at church and I remember they said going to church, they didn't have like hardly any money left for, for like the week and they, but church was important. They needed to tithe. And so they were taking it. Uh, they went to church and so they were, they were for sure going to tithe and stuff. And they did. And when they got back in the car, somebody had given my dad, I think it was an envelope of, of money. And they looked and it was like, I think it was a thousand dollars total of like a hundred dollar bills or something. And they don't know who, who it was, but somebody could give it to them anonymously. And like, that was such a huge blessing for, especially back then a thousand dollars. It was so much money back then for my family. And like that helped so much. And in another instance where my mom, um, she was always like the most generous lady. Like she would give you the shirt off of her back. She would give you like any, if she could cook for you, she would, if she could give you anything, she would like, she just always had that heart of like giving, giving, giving. And one time, uh, I remember one of her friends and her kids wanted to come over when we were real little. And my mom was like, well, that's fine. But like, I don't really, I don't really have any food. Like, and we didn't have any money to go to the store. And at this time growing up, we lived about 20 minutes outside of town, um, to go like grocery shopping and stuff. And so we didn't, my mom didn't want to spend the gas to have to go in and she didn't really have any money to, to even buy anything. And it was like, within and she just went and she just prayed and she's like god i just i don't know what to do um but i really i need your help like and you know that type of thing and within i think it was just a couple of hours or something there was a box left on our front doorstep and she went and looked and it had the most random food in there but like my mom said she had a box of spaghetti noodles but she didn't have any sauce and like she had like certain things but she didn't have enough to like make a meal but in this box was like one jar of pasta sauce, no noodles, and then like a bunch of other random things in order to complete like a meal that she had the other stuff for. So it was like the most random stuff. But I say all that to say, and I know those are like really random stories, but it's just like stuff that I'd say, like when you are faithful in the little, God will provide. And that's something that I saw growing up time and time again with my parents and my family and something that really just instilled in me that heart as well to to always tithe and to always make sure that that is that is the first thing we do because that is God's money. He's the one that blessed us with it. And so we are for sure going to give it back to him and, you know, be um, be faithful with that tithe that he has given to us. Mm-hmm. That's one thing that Kim and I believe is that none of our money is ours. Like yeah. it's all God and, and God could technically request 100 percent of it from us if he wanted. Um, but He's a gracious God who wants to give us yeah. good things, and 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 He only asks for ten percent of it, and and ten percent is just the start. Like yeah. and that's just like we still believe in giving to missionaries, mm-hmm. and we still believe um, in giving to different ministries and stuff like that. If if the heart uh, desires to, and uh, I just challenge you guys, like I said, to, to get into that mode of giving because I do believe that when you give, uh, it comes back to you. Now, I'm not yes. saying it's always going to come back to you in finances, right. um, but it could come back to you in health. It could come back mm-hmm. to you. Um, and job opportunities, it could come back to you, um, and just joy. Yeah. Like, and so, so many times people overlook that. They think that money has to come. If oh, like if I give, it's going to come back to me. Like, and yes, it can come back in finances, but I think it can just come back in joy. It can come back mm-hmm. in peace. Um, and that stuff you can't put a dollar amount on. Yeah. And so, um, it's really um, important. And so, 
Um, so we kind of walked through a little bit of our debt journey. We, like I said, the steps are to save a thousand dollars, pay off your debt, extend your emergency fund. And then once you get past extend your emergency fund, the, the last steps are done together, mm -hmm. which that's, uh, investing, uh, for your retirement and that's paying off your house and your kids is, uh, future college loans if they choose to go that route. Um, and then the last is to live and give generously, but we're called to still give even through the beginning yes. portions. And so the last part, you just get to extend that giving. And so um, I guess for the last uh, few minutes of this, we'll, we'll talk kind of about some um, extra advice. We've talked a little bit about advice on the way. Um, and so I guess I'll give uh, a piece of something. This is probably going to rub most people, or this is why most people give up on the journey. Um, earlier than others is because Dave Ramsey recommends and something that I've had to learn the hard way is to stay the heck out of restaurants, like <laughs> uh, stay the heck away from fast food. When you're on your, when debt you're on journey. your, when you're on your debt journey. So when you're in baby steps one, two, and three, um, when you're still in your debt phase, you're not supposed to really see the inside of a restaurant according to him. Now for someone like me, I am a fast food junkie. I am a, if Cammy would let me, I would eat out breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Like that's how much I love eating out. And so, and I did live that way um, mm -hmm. for uh, actually even a little bit into our marriage. I lived that way um, until Kim and I kind of started to get more into Dave Ramsey. And, and Kim was basically like, Caleb, either A, I'm going to give you like $20 a week and that's all you're going to get for fast food. Or B, like I'm going to pack, pack your lunch. lunches. <laughs> and I'm not the type to get up early and pack my own lunches, which is why I was always going and out to eat for breakfast and lunch. And so, uh, so I took him, I was like, like I'm not going to get up early and make a lunch. I just know that's not in my capabilities to do or mindset to do. And Cam was like, fine, I'll pack your lunches for you. And so Cammy started packing. This is when I worked on site. Um, Cammy started packing my lunches for me. And that literally saved so, so much, much money. money. And so like you think about it, when fast food's even more expensive now, yeah. like you're, you're talking almost 10 bucks a meal mm -hmm. for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And 10 bucks is the cheap way out. Yeah. So that's 30 bucks a day times that times 31 days. Like, you know what you could do with that extra money? Like that's almost probably over a thousand bucks right there. Um, that people literally eat. Like, and I think that's the hardest thing is I've had so many people reach out to me and say like, Caleb, I want to get on the debt-free journey or Hey Caleb, like I'm struggling finances. Like, can you help me out? And I'll be like, how much are you spending on eating out? <laughs> and that's when everyone, that's always my first question is how yep. much do you spend eating out? And people always go, Oh, yep. like, cause that's the thing that people don't want to sacrifice. And that's what I was talking about is when you're on your, debt journey, you have to be willing to sacrifice. Yes, I love a big old double quarter pounder with cheese as much as the next person. Like, but is that $10, $12 double quarter pounder with cheese worth risking my retirement on? No, it's not. Is it worth uh, saving it for my kids? No, it's not. And so um, that's one thing that uh, that probably gets Dave Ramsey in the most, com like, like people disagree with and most people disagree like in our debt journey is, is we love to eat out. Like I'm not saying we don't now, but we're past the debt phase of our journey. But when you're in the debt phase, you should really just focus on necessities and debt. Necessities and debt. That's what you pay off so you can get that freedom. And so um, that would be a piece of advice I have. So well, I think even I think even just to go off of that before we uh, go on to something else, I think even with that is people that aren't necessarily in a necessarily debt journey, they would say, but are just wanting to save more or or are complaining because, you know, they, they don't have money at the end of the paycheck or whatever is so often you see those people that are, are talking like that. What do they do? What do they have in their hand? They have a Starbucks drink. They have a 
you know, what's here, a, a famous um, gas station here, we have is Quick Trip, and they're known for their drinks and, you know, Quick Trip foods and stuff like that. And they'll have a Quick Trip drink or, you know, snack stuff that they just stopped and got at the gas station or whatever. And it's just like little things like that. You don't think a couple dollars here, $5 for coffee here, like you don't think that adds up. But if you're doing that four to four to five, even even three to five times a week, that adds up very, very quickly. And that's something that I have always been super big on as well. And I, I love an iced coffee just as much as the next girl, but I have to limit myself to one a week max usually. Mm-hmm. On a good week, I might do two if I find like a, if I if there's like a, a good sale, like a deal, like the coffee shop's doing like a you know three dollar medium coffee, or or I have like points on an app. I have this app that I use, and Caleb knows that I scan receipts, and so any receipt that we get, I scan it, and it and it builds up my points, and then I it turns into gift cards. It's really awesome, actually. If you would like the link for it, this is not like a sales pitch or anything, but if you'd like the link for it, let me know. I don't think I have it linked anywhere on my socials. So you can DM me on Instagram and I can send you the link for it, but it's awesome. And I have literally gotten, oh, I don't know, well over probably $200 in Starbucks gift cards mm-hmm. just from using this app, from scanning receipts, yeah. like legit. And that's and, that's my Starbucks fund. Yeah. And what's funny is, is Cammie said she likes her Starbucks and even Rin knows it. We'll be walking down the grocery <laughs> store and she'll see like the Starbucks, I think it's a mermaid, I think, like the Starbucks yeah, mermaid or whatever their little logo. design is, logo. And she'll be like, mom, that's the coffee you like. <laughs> She's like, mommy's coffee? You're yeah. going to get coffee, mommy? You like coffee, mom? <laughs> and so... So, uh, but Cammie doesn't pay for it. Like out of our accounts, always usually with receipts that she gets and things like that. And so um, that's one thing that a lot of people, like I said, they aren't willing to put their pride aside. Because a lot of people say, well, if you're in your debt journey, you should be able to still enjoy nice things. Mm. And you can find other ways to enjoy things without having to spend ridiculous amounts of money on it. You can make stuff at home. Like, believe it or not, you can, you can do that. Like there's like when it comes to movies and like going to, I don't know, sports events or concerts, there are free things you can find around your town to go do. When Cammie and I were, dating and didn't have a whole lot of money we would just go walk around a park, park. here in mm-hmm. town and just spend a couple hours there just walking around and so there are things you can do that are enjoyable there's plenty of stuff your city has it's for free yes. and so you can make it happen yes it requires sacrifice i'm not going to say it's easy it sucks like having to put that stuff mm-hmm. aside but you have to sacrifice your present to build for a better future yeah. and i know that sounds like a cheesy line but that's what i always think about like when i'm buying mcdonald's does this 10 12 bucks i'm spending is that worth it for the now just to fill my stomach with junk and yes i love it or what could that go to in the future like how much if that was invested or saved could that go to and yeah. so um that's important too and then another thing that um people probably are curious about is how we uh paid for our kids like with hospital <laughs> and uh and uh when it comes to childbirth because i know medical bills are what puts a lot of people yeah kind of medical behind. bills are a huge one too so for midwifery care what we did with ren with having a home birth um that is one thing that i am so thankful for midwife care is it is cheaper well okay let me put it this way depending what insurance you have yeah. and what plan you have for your insurance it is cheaper to do usually to do a midwife route um at least for us it was we have a super high deductible for our insurance because we just never go to the hospital. We never go to doctors. Like we don't ever have to use that. So we have a super high, always have medical deductible. Um, and so when I got pregnant with Ren and we started looking and I wanted to do home birth anyway, the cost was a big factor into why Caleb finally agreed to it. Also, as we mentioned briefly before in the other episode. And, um, so yeah, uh, before I was, 
before I was even, I think, barely into my third trimester, maybe, we had Bryn's birth already paid for completely. Well, and a cool thing about that was if you haven't looked into this with your company, check it out. But my company provides an HSA card. Yes. Uh, and basically, uh, for the first few years we had it, like Kim and I never even touched it. Yeah. Uh, we didn't even know it really existed. We didn't really know what to spend it on. And so we never touched it. And with my company, it rolls over year over year. And so honestly, like with Rin's birth, we had a, just a bunch of my HSA. And I think we paid off like probably 70% of her mm, price. At least 50. At least 50%, yeah, with my HSA card that was just sitting there. Yeah. And so uh, you might check and see if your company offers an HSA option. It's usually tax-free. Yes. Um, well, usually your company will contribute depending on your plan. And then also you can contribute tax-free to it if you want to add additional to it. So. Yeah, so we did that for her. And then it started building and building and building a little bit more um, by the time I got pregnant with Bridger. And we, again, we're going to, I'm planning on using the midwife route. And so we started paying on that as well as his birth. And uh, we did get him paid off too. Um, and so he was paid for. And then, of course, I think it was just like less than a month after we paid him off his birth before he was born is when I went into labor spontaneously yeah. and had him six weeks early. And we had a and that's the most big, old big old hospital old bill. bills. Yep, we, he definitely maxed out his deductible. Um, For sure. Like I didn't ever calculate all of his bills, but I think without insurance, his bills would have been like five or six hundred thousand dollars. And yeah. so it was just insane stuff. But luckily, we have our emergency funds, and we yes. we we put that towards his medical bills. And so yeah. um, we just that's just what you got to do. That's what those emergency funds are for. Is when things like that come up, um, you pay them down, and uh, you do your best uh, to build that emergency fund back up. And yeah. so um, and so yeah, that's a little bit about us and then i guess the last thing we'll talk about and then is our cars um this is another thing that isn't a popular opinion uh, yeah. with the way we live is cammy and i don't necessarily believe in having the nicest cars no. um until honestly about two months ago cammy and i have always driven old clunkers like yeah. i have driven multiple cars to two hundred thousand miles yeah. um i have literally driven in the junkiest of cars i've ever you could ever own like i've had dar cars where the doors wouldn't even shut i've had cars where like i said the they were wrecked and the fenders and bumpers were broken off like you have to put your pride aside you yeah. don't look cool in these cars <laughs> yeah for sure but here's the cool thing you don't have a car payment like nope. i get so amazed and i if this is you i'm so sorry but i get so amazed when people are paying 500 600 700 bucks a month for their car payments like i just can't find that and then they wonder where your money goes it's like you're literally it's sitting in your garage like yeah. and you're not even living in it like some people's car payments are like almost their mortgage or their rent and so um well, that's one thing that kim and i are really big on is is driving just older vehicles mm -hmm. and we we pay them off in cash and we just drive them literally about to their wheels fall off yeah. and uh finally just in the last couple of months we did finally get a New, new to us car new to us <laughs> so we usually drive these old cars like from the 90s or the early 2000s yeah. Um, but we actually just got a deal on a 2019, um, and it, it's got third row seating, and it's it's finally a bougie car. Like I said, we have dual heating and air, and it's a beautiful thing. I mean, it's a family car. It's a family so I don't, car. I don't know how it's not, bougie okay. it can be. <laughs> when you're used to driving cars that are, have no bumpers and right. are It's bougie up. for us. Like, it's bougie for us. It's not bougie for most people, but it's bougie for us. And so um, but we, we just paid it off in cash. And then, yeah. like I said, what you do is when you use that cash, it sucks to see it leave your account, yeah. but then you just you build it right back up to where it was. And so... Um, that's another thing is we, is we don't believe in in car payments, and so uh, so we don't have medical debt. We don't have 
One one big thing that Cam and I didn't do was neither one of us went to college, yeah. and so I will say that was a huge benefit. Yes. Um, I know a lot of people struggle with the student debt crisis yep. and how to handle that, but you would still just put that into your baby steps yep. if that's something you dealt with. For Cammie and I, I know neither one of us at that age were interested in going yeah. to college. Um, and so, luck- and I say luckily, like I really wanted to go at the time, um, but I just knew I would have flunked out if I went and I didn't want the medic or I didn't want the student loan debt. And so um, we really were blessed with not having student loan debt. And so that really helped us on our financial journey as well. But yeah. if you are in that boat, don't give up on it. Don't just say, yeah. well, I know so many people with student loan debt will just say, well, it is what it is. It's never going to go away. But like, that's not the mindset to have. Right. Like you have to have, Dave Ramsey calls it gazelle intensity, where no matter what the desert is, whether it's hospital bills or student loans or car loans or, um, or even your mortgage, like is have gazelle intensity to pay it off. Um, like go after it with all you got. Like if someone asks you to, Hey, do you want to go to the baseball game tonight? You know, it's going to cost you 30 or 40 bucks. You have to sometimes say no like and and put that aside so you can, so you can pay off that debt and you have Mm -hmm. to put fun aside for a little bit you have to put and say hey and and actually i want to talk about them uh, for the last thing is we cam and i have uh two best friends um and i want to share their story a little bit i didn't even ask them permission so hopefully they forgive us for it um but we have two best friends Um, i'll even call them out by name their name's caitlin brandon and i love their story i love their journey um i'll let you start it and uh if you want to talk about it a little bit and uh it's not only my story to share but i'll just share the brief synopsis of it um, basically they, they both had student loan debt and then she had a bunch of credit card debt from traveling over, over the country or, or out, of the country. out of the country, I should yeah. say, um, while she was in college and racked up a ton of debt. Most of the debt was, was with that. Um, and so then when they early on, first got married, um, they had about $89,000 of debt that they were wanting to pay off because they obviously did not want to go through marriage with that, especially starting out. And so we met together and she was new to um, the Dave Ramsey process and kind of what all that meant and all that. And we were, we had, hadn't started yet teaching classes, but we had, uh, that's when we were were really getting into it more again, um, and Caleb for the first time. And so we met with them and just kind of started getting together and just kind of helping and cheering and, and being there. Yeah, pretty much being there if they had any questions, but yeah, just basically cheering them on and encouraging them and, um, with their journey and within, I think it was less than 18 months, they paid it off. Um, every bit of it. $90,000 in debt. Yeah paid off in less than two years. Less than two years. Like, so for people who say it's impossible, it's not impossible. No. But if you talk to them, um, <laughs> then they will tell you it was not easy. Like they yeah. went down to one car. They went down to one, one cell phone. phone, which imagine that uh, being married, having <laughs> your own jobs and having to go down to yep. one cell phone. Like they literally went down to um, like beans and rice basically. And, and the reason I say it is I'm so proud of them because like, this is still one of the most touching things they ever did is it was, there was one time we wanted to go on like a double date with them or something. It was Christmas time. Or it was, yeah, it was around Christmas time. And, and the, and Caitlin Brandon messaged us and they said, Hey, we don't really have money to do gifts this year, but we want to do something instead. Um, so come over to our house tonight and we have something for you guys. And so we went over to their house and they had prepped this home cooked meal and it was pizza. And it was like, and there was, but it wasn't just like, it wasn't DiGiorno's. It was like actually like, like homemade. homemade pizza with like with nice mozzarella and like homemade, homemade sauce and like 
And they went all out for us. And honestly, I still tell people that story to this day that it was the most, one of the most touching gifts I ever got because it wasn't yeah. about the price tag on it. Yeah. It wasn't about um, how expensive they're giving. It was literally just, hey, we're really working on our financial journey, but we still want to do something. And so this is a gift from our heart to yeah. you. And so um, I appreciate uh, Kayla and Brandon and what they do. Um, and, they're, and they're still, as far as I know, <laughs> living the uh, the good journey. Yeah, and so. Yeah. Um, but they're a perfect example to say mm -hmm. it's possible. Yeah. Like that's why I wanted to end with that story was you ninety thousand dollars paid off in like it was sixteen or eighteen months. Yeah. I forget what it was, but in less than two years. And most people would say I don't even make it, but they literally worked like two or three jobs yeah. a piece. Yeah. And like I said, they and they didn't like it wasn't easy by mm -hmm. any means. It wasn't fun for them. No. They didn't enjoy it, <laughs> and that's the thing. I a lot of people don't want to they don't want to start this journey. They don't want to do it because it's hard. It's not fun. I, I just don't want to do that. Well, of course you don't. Nobody wants to work two and three jobs. Nobody wants to not see their spouse much because you're working so much. Nobody wants to miss out on social things and social events and not be able to go get a Starbucks when you want it or go to the movies when you want or you know go out to eat or whatever. But those, if you are truly wanting to get out of the situation that you're in with finances and change it for the better and change it for your future and for your family's future and your kids' future. Those are the things you have to do in order to make a change. Like nothing changes if nothing changes. And I know that's such a cliche statement and quote or whatever, but it is so true. You can't just keep going on the same rat race that you've been going in circle and expecting something to change. Nothing is going to unless you make a big change like that. And that was what they needed to make the change to get out of debt. And they did. And yeah, like I said, it wasn't fun for them. It wasn't enjoyable. They numerous times wanted to quit, wanted to give up, but they didn't. And they made it in, in such a short time. Like it felt, it probably felt like forever for them, but like we on the other end of it, like watching them go through it, like, whoa, like that it was so us. fast. <laughs> like, yeah, it motiv motivated us to just be even more intense in our journey of, of saving and doing the things that we want to do to reach our goals. And so it's just like, you put your head down and you go like on stuff like this. It just, and you will be shocked at how fast you get there and reach that goal. And then you set another goal and you just keep going until you reach all of your goals that you want. And then, yeah, like, especially with debt-free living, like then you get to live like no one else, just like Dave says, because it's so true. Like living debt-free allows you so many endless opportunities. Like we were able to save up and go on, go to Ireland for 10 days and spend what we wanted to spend, see what we wanted to see, do what we wanted while we were there because we had that money set aside for that trip specifically. And we knew it was for that trip. We could spend this amount and we came home and I still think had like $500 left from mm -hmm. that trip that we didn't spend mm -hmm. just because we didn't want to, like we, yeah. we, there was nothing else that we wanted to spend it on. And so it's like little things like that, like not saying that to brag or anything, but just debt-free living allows you so much opportunity that you don't have when you're living paycheck to paycheck. Mm -hmm. and yeah. And so I think that's a, a, a good way to wrap up. Like, trust me, if the kid who only had 14 cents in a bank account <laughs> can get to a point, um, you can do it too. Yes. If, if Kayla and Brandon who had that much money in debt can do it, you can do yes. it too. And so and if you ever need advice, you feel free to reach out. Yeah. Like I'm not a professional, I'm not certified or anything. But I love to help coach people um, through that. And I would be happy to walk you through or if you're ever interested in a financial peace class, Cam yeah. and I do them periodically. Yeah. Um, just reach out if you're interested. And uh, we'd love to share what, just more of what we know and what we've learned along the way. And so, yeah. got anything in closing before we wrap up? 
no, just basically what you said. If you have any questions, um, even just simple ones that you just aren't sure about or whatever, whatever it's pertaining to finances or Dave Ramsey or anything like that, feel free to, yeah, uh, message us, leave it on our um, podcast Instagram. It's the Hive Podcast two underscores after podcast um, on Instagram. Leave us a comment. We'll always, as soon as we the episode airs, we'll we'll post a a post in that on that page. So feel free to comment under there if you have any questions or send a DM to that page or our personal pages either um either one but yeah definitely um yeah and then make sure you like subscribe and uh refer this podcast to your friends leave us a review and uh we'll look forward to seeing you guys next week yeah thanks for thanks for listening we'll talk to you next wednesday have a blessed week bye Bye bye-bye